You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Is an age-old question. The dispute goes back all the way almost to the beginning of time. The question is, as we say, mi adif, who is greater? The Baal Teshuvah or the Tzadik Gamor? Let, let's define our terms. What do we mean by Baal Teshuvah and Tzadik Gamor? What we mean is, you've got two different kinds of people. There are people who have just lived all of their life um, doing the right thing, following everything that they're supposed to do, you know, law-abiding, spiritually connected, people who always do the right thing their entire life all the way through. That's what we call a tzaddik gamur, someone who is just completely righteous and they're always doing the right thing. Now that's amazing. That's a great level to be on. That is someone who certainly has a very special place. How does this person compare against someone who was bad or maybe even evil and wicked? And the person comes to a realization that this is not the way they want to live their life. And they turn themselves around in a real way. And that's a, that's a very important stipulation. In a real way. So the person changes themselves and becomes a completely different person. And now they're also living in a, in a life uh, of uh, righteousness and always doing the right thing. Which one of these two is greater? Uh, some of you may be wondering, well, what do we mean by greater? So that's part of the question that we're going to be discussing, is what do we mean by greater? But let's go on the simple level. It's which one of these two receives greater reward in the next world? Almost as if the question would be, and this is very dangerous, is which one should I try to be? Should I try to be the Tzadik Gamur, or should I try to be the Baal Teshuvah? And in order for me to be a Baal Teshuvah, you know what I need to do? I need to do some Averot. I have to commit some sins, because I need to be a, a, a Baal Teshuvah. So, Yes. So, th this, is, this is a very important question. And in order to understand this, we're going to look at what is one of the more interesting stories in the Talmud. Uh, please feel free if you, um, to unmute yourself. I'm just going to read the um, Gemara here. This is a statement... <laughs> What do you mean? Yeah, the question is, you're right. We, we, all do, we all do sin, so we end up needing to do teshuva. The question is, is it better that you did sin so that you can do teshuva, or would you have been better off not sinning? And, and the question would be, I, I, I know, I, 
I want to clarify one point. You know, I started saying, like, the question should be, should I commit a sin in order to be able to, to do teshuva? So that's a little bit not, um, that's a little bit silly, because you don't need to create such a situation. You're going to end up sinning anyway, don't worry. It's not like, oh no, what am I going to do? I don't have any sins, such a big problem. Alright, I'll have to arrange one. No one has that issue. Now, I, I agree with you. The question is, I think maybe more important, how should I look at the things that I've done in the past? Should I look at them as if, um, you know, once a person does teshuva, are you supposed to look at them and say, you know, I wish I hadn't done them um, at all, or should you say, listen, I, I, I didn't want to do them, but the fact that I did them ended up making me a better person. That's the question. So, so listen to, to this statement in the Talmud, or really the incident in the Talmud. The Gemara tells us that Rabbi Yochanan, the great rabbi, and uh, I, I, I want to add, you know, we're going through in these discussions, we're going through the different generations. You know, we started with, with the time of uh, the Torah, with Moshe and Aaron, and then we went to the Navi, then we went to the age of the Mishnah. This is, we're now discussing the age of the Talmud, with, where we're going to have a disagreement between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, Reish Lakish. And so, we have no choice. We have to read from the Talmud, right? Okay, so the, the Talmud is telling us, now I don't want to read the whole Gemara, that Rabbi Yochanan was exceptionally beautiful. That's what it says in, in the Gemara. And the Gemara says, Yom Achad, one day, have a kasachi Rabbi Yochanan b'yardana. Rabbi Yochanan was swimming in the Jordan. Chazye Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish saw him. Who was Reish Lakish? Reish Lakish was a highway robber. He was a, uh, he was a thief. He was um, you know, basically an armed, an armed robber. Reish Lakish saw Rabbi Yochanan swimming in the Jordan. And he jumped into the Jordan to try to catch him. To try to see him. To try to um, um, meet him. Rabbi Yochanan says to this guy who just jumped, you know, we don't get an exact measure of how much the jump was, but this guy like did this really big jump. He said to him, Do you know how much good you could do if you would use strength and power like that for the Torah? Amar Lei, Rish Lakish said back to him, to Rabbi Yochanan, Shufrach do you know how much power you could accomplish with your beauty in the world of women? This is what the highway robber says to him. So he says to him, Rabbi Yochanan says to him, He If you repent, if you come back to Judaism, you will marry my sister. And she is even more beautiful than me. Kabil Aleh. Rish Lakish accepted. And, uh, some of you are probably wondering, like, one second, what kind of deal is that? We'll, we'll get to this. So Rish Lakish tried to jump back out. But he couldn't jump anymore. 
um, he he told them. Um, um, basically, what happened was because he had accepted the Torah on himself, he lost all of his strength. Right, all of his strength went in, into the Torah. So here we have an interesting situation. Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish become student um, to teacher, or teacher to student. And then eventually, Reish Lakish became such an exceptional student that he became, instead of being a student of Rabbi Yochanan, he became a colleague. They became learning partners. Until something very tragic happened. One day, there was a debate in the Beit Midrash. The question was, as we know, that in, in those days, people kept the rules of Tuma and Tahara. That means that there are certain vessels and whatever which can contract a spiritual impurity and there's a process for how you purify it. But the rule is that a vessel cannot become Tameh. A Kali cannot become Tameh. A vessel cannot become impure unless it is complete, unless it's finished. And the question is, at what point does a sword a sayef, a cherev, at what point is the sword considered complete? Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Rabbi Yochanan says, Mishi Yitzarfim Bekivshan, when you heat it up in the furnace. When you take a sword, you shape it, and then the final thing you do is you heat it up. Says Rabbi Yochanan, at that point, the sword is considered complete, and it's able to receive Tameh. Rish Lakish says no. Only when you take the sword and you put it into the water after it was put into the oven. It's really, really hot. Then you stick it into cold water and it cools down. That's when the sword is considered complete. Alright, I want all of you who are sensitive just hold on here. Amar Lei, Rabbi Yochanan said to Reish Lakish, Lista'a belista yada. You, Reish Lakish, you're a highway robber. So you know more about swords than me. Uh, that's what Rabbi Yochanan said to Reish Lakish. Now, how do you read that? How do you understand that um, on, on a simple level? I mean, the, the, the simple understanding of this, of this statement in the Gemara is that he's telling him, you are more familiar, you have experience, you were the highway robber, you are more familiar, so yeah, this is your expertise. But he also humiliates him, because yeah. he tells him he doesn't see him as a tzaddik, he, he reminds him of, of his past. Right. So this is what we're going to have to get into a little bit. And we'll see, Reish Lakish does not have a good reaction to this. He's very upset by this. But yeah, you know, even if you want to tell someone that they're an expert, but to remind them, so Reish Lakish said this, Umaya Hanatli, so what have you done for me? Hatam Rabbi Karuli, there when I was a robber, they called me master. And here, they call me Rabbi, they call me master. So what have I gained? So he said, what do you mean what you gained? You're now um, um, closer to God. 
the Ekarvinechtachad Kamfea Shechina, um, I brought you closer to God. Uh, the Gemara goes on to tell us, uh, I just, I don't want to leave the story in the middle, but that's the part that I wanted to borrow and discuss. But let me just finish the story. Reb Yochanan became very upset, and Rishlakish became very upset. Now, Reb Yochanan, Reb Yochanan was a very, very holy man. And when he was upset with someone, usually bad things would happen to that person. So Reish Lakish's wife, the sister of Rabbi Yochanan, came to Rabbi Yochanan and said, please, I want you to make peace with, with my husband, make peace with him, so that nothing bad happens. Rabbi Yochanan couldn't forgive Reish Lakish. He couldn't let go of it. And Rish Lakish died. And Rabbi Yochanan was horribly upset. He was more upset that Rish Lakish died than whatever he was previously upset about. He didn't kill Rish Lakish. That's not what it means. What it means is that because Rabbi Yochanan was feeling pain, this caused Rish Lakish harm. So Rabbi Yochanan was, um, was just in a lot of pain having lost Rish Lakish. So they, the rabbis sent Rabbi Elazar ben Padat. Rabbi Elazar ben Padat was the biggest rabbi available. And they told him, go learn with Rabbi Yochanan to try to cheer him up. He lost his learning partner, so you'll be his learning partner. And every time Rabbi Yochanan would say something, Rabbi Elazar ben Padat would bring a proof to whatever Rabbi Yochanan said. And Rabbi Yochanan said famously, he says, he says um, everything I say you agree with me. I don't need someone who agrees with me. Where is, where is my friend, Barlakisha, Barlakisha, who every time I said something, he would challenge me with, um, with questions and everything. The Gemara tells us that Rabbi Yochanan went, lost his mind. Rabbi Yochanan was so upset at losing his best friend, Rabbi Shimon Melakish's Harusa, that he lost his mind, and then the rabbis prayed for him, whatever it was, but he, Rabbi Yochanan himself passed away too. That, the end of the story is as tragic as the beginning. But, but this is, this is the, the, the discussion that we're having here. Is when Rabbi Yochanan says to him, you're a robber, you know about swords. Is that an okay statement to make? Is it an insulting statement? It, it does it, um, when someone says something like that to someone. So, for example... You'll find very often that people who, who have done bad things and they found their way, they themselves will publicly talk about their past. They'll get up and they'll say, once upon a time, I wasn't such a good person, I wasn't this, I wasn't that. And, and even though it's a little bit embarrassing, they feel like there's a purpose here why they need to talk about it. But everyone understands that Rabbi Yochanan is a little different. Because Rabbi Yochanan, it's not really Lakish saying that about himself. It's, it's Rabbi Yochanan saying it to Reish Lakish. Here's the thing, though. Um, he, uh, so, uh, basically, what we're, what we're trying to figure out here is what was Rabbi Yochanan thinking? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're too basic. Okay. So, okay, so, now, when, when Rabbi Yochanan said, you're a robber, 
you um, know about swords. Can someone defend Rabbi Yochanan? Why would Rabbi Yochanan talk like that to Reish Lakish? I, I think that he says, you are, not you were. You are, that's where he's at fault. Did you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. That's a very good point. But I'm looking for someone to defend Rabbi Yochanan. You're, you're giving me another reason to, to, uh, to um, hold him accountable. What would be a defense of Rabbi Yochanan when he says, you're a robber, you know. I'm not taking away from your point. Your point is a good point. I think he did not have any intention to say something bad. He just wanted to point to the fact that he understands about swords more than he does. Okay, so I, I think that's fair. What, 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 what's being suggested is that maybe Rabbi Yochanan was being very practical in the sense of, you've handled more swords than I have. You've made swords. You know when a sword is ready to be used. So, this gets into the question of, um, let me, let me um, share with you another statement in the Talmud. The question is, it seems on the simple level, Right. It seems on the simple level that Rabbi Yochanan is just trying to be nice. He's saying, in this area, you know more than I do. Why is Reish Lakish reading into it anything more? So here's the second and final statement of the Talmud that I want to introduce to you. There's a discussion, this is in the Talmud, Brachot 34b. Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Now notice the name, it's the same Rabbi Yochanan. That whatever the prophets have told us about the rewards of the next world, that's only for Bali Teshuvah. Their, their reward in the next world is so great that the, even the prophets couldn't describe it. Says the Gemara, Pliga de Rabbi Avahu, and this is in disagreement with Rabbi Avahu. The Amr Rabbi Avahu, Rabbi Avahu said, Makom omdim, tzadikim gemurim enam omdim. In a place where a Balchuva stands, even a tzadik gamur, even a completely righteous person. We have a debate between two rabbis. And I'm going to say it backwards now. Rabbi Avahu is of the position that a tzaddik gamur will never reach the level of a Baal Teshuva. But Rabbi Yochanan disagrees. Rabbi Yochanan says, no, a tzaddik gamur is greater than the Baal Teshuva. So it makes sense, and I'm, I'm putting these two gemarot together, that it, when Rabbi Yochanan said in the story that we read before, you're the robber, you know about swords, Reish Lakish interpreted this based on Rabbi Yochanan's other teaching that a tzaddik amur is greater than a Baal Teshuvah. And therefore he read it as, oh, you're coming with your knowledge of swords because you're only a Baal Teshuvah, but I'm the tzaddik amur. That's why Reish Lakish read it as an insult. So it could be that Rabbi Yochanan meant it in the sense of you're the expert on swords. Like he meant it seriously. I don't know anything about swords. You know about swords. So we're going to follow you on this. It could be that that's what Rabbi Yochanan meant. But because Rabbi Yochanan elsewhere taught that a tzaddik gamur is greater than a Baal Teshuvah, 
Therefore, Rish Lakish read into his words this insult. And this is, this is something that, I'm not going to get into this too much, but sometimes when, when, a, when, when you say something and people misunderstand you, how often does that happen? You say something, you mean it one way, and people think you meant it differently. Why did they think you meant it differently? It's because at some other point in time, you have expressed an opinion that's probably closer to this other position that they think you're saying. However, where we need to focus for us is what is this debate about? So again, I'm going to ask you to help me out here. Um, oh, in your position, in your opinion, why would a Baal Teshuva be greater than a Tzadik Gamur? A Tzadik Gamur has done no sins all his life, and the Baal Teshuva has committed sins. Shouldn't you think that Tzadik Gamur is greater? So let's, there's many answers to this question. Please feel free. Yes. If we talk, <coughs> hi. Uh, if we're talking about a process and growing of a person, development, I think the passage of the Baal Tshuva is more challenging, and his accomplishment is greater than it's a Gamor. Right, but tell us why. What about, I, I know what you're, what part of him makes him greater? What element of what he's going through? He, he needs to change. He needs to overcome. So, so you're saying because the fight is harder. Right. Okay, Let, let's take that for, 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 for a second and think about it. So the, the Baal Teshuva has a bigger fight. He has to overcome more. Okay, so I'm going to ask you, why does he have a bigger fight? Why does he have a bigger fight? Because he's starting I'm sorry? He's starting at a lower point. Um, he's starting at a lower point, meaning that he's further away from the holiness. But, but the Tzadik Amur was also far away. He had to get there. What is it? Everyone starts from zero and works their way up. So just because, what about him being about Teshuvah makes him better, though? Not I mean, equal, the but... Power, the willpower, the power to change, that he was able to... Be, you know, to change himself. I think that's a very powerful... Right, so you're saying a similar explanation. I, I, I want to put what the two of you are saying together because when... Uh, you use the word change also. You have to change yourself. Right? Change is, oh, is pulling at you, meaning that the, that the Baal Teshuva has something pulling you away from that. You have to change, meaning you're already accustomed to certain behaviors. And so while the Tzadik Gamur never has to pull himself away from there, the, the, right? Is that, I'm assuming that's what you mean. So the Baal Teshuva now has to pull away from there. Anything more? Is there more here as to why a Baal Teshuva would be, would be more, would, would be greater? Actually, before we go there, Yes. Uh, is it me? Yes. Uh, I think that uh, Baal Shuva has to re-choose God. It's not that he follow 
a road that was given to him and he accepted in an early age. There is an act of choice there. He made the choice to follow another road that he chose before when he was young. So there is much more effort there. I, I hear you. I, I want to point out the difference between what you're saying and what was said before, is that the, the points that, the, the, um, that were previously made were that the, um, the process itself of living as a Baal is harder than the process of living as a tzaddik. And I think what you're adding is that the process of becoming a Baal is itself greater than anything that the tzaddik has to go through. Uh, excellent. I think that, that, that's, that's a very important distinction to make. And they're both true. Okay, so now that we are here, does anyone here volunteer to try to defend why the tzaddik amur should be bigger? If you're telling me, you're, both, you're all telling me great reasons that the Baal is facing with this challenge, this internal struggle, and, and, and has to overcome it, while the Tzadik Amor doesn't have it, then why does Rabbi Yochanan insist that the Tzadik Amor is greater? I think the ego is also involved with the Tzadik. Well, you're giving me a reason why the Tzadik is less great. We're looking now for a reason why the Tzadik, why the tzadik Amor is greater. Right, right, right. right. This, this is, I, I, I know, while everyone thinks about this, this Maybe he, did it, maybe he did it without thinking uh, to harm. It was just uh, a, an announcement without thinking to harm him. We'll get back to Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish soon. Yes, you're right. I mean, we have to... It, it's clear from the story that Rabbi Yochanan did not mean to insult, but Rish Lakish took it that way. We're explaining it, though, that there's a reason why he took it that way. Right. Also, the Tzaddik Gamur has a lot of temptation, that it's not that he doesn't have temptation. He overcomes the temptation and is not, does not fall behind. Right, but, so but, not like, but everyone is telling me that the temptation that the Tzadi Gamor has is not the same level of, of, of challenge as the Baal Teshuva. So it sounds like the Baal Teshuva should be greater. Why does Rabbi Yochanan say that I, you're, you're telling me he also has challenges, but I don't know if you're explaining to me why the Tzadi Gamor is now greater than the Baal Teshuva. Right? And that's a hard one. So it's an interesting thing, because if sometimes, I was... Yes. Sometimes it's much harder to, pick, to keep the path that you are going in it. That a person that is creating and thinking to, to protect the way that you are going, it's, it takes a lot of strength. Okay, very good. So the answer is, interesting, being a tzaddik gamur is not so easy either. It's funny how we say that, like as if any of us assumed being a tzaddik amur was easy. But it's really not easy either because there's something about being able to stay consistent and perfect for so long that presents its own challenge. That's what I said. Yes, I'm explaining what you said. And, and yeah. that's, yes, so this, this is an interesting discussion. So what we're getting down into is the uh, the, every person here, every person here, every person you'll ever meet, every person in, in the world, there are certain parts of you that are a tzaddik gamor. You don't think so? I'll prove it to you. Okay, please raise your hand if you have ever committed murder. I don't see any hands raised. Right? Oh. <laughs> right? Right? 
Because when it comes to the mitzvah of lo tirzach, of don't kill, everyone is a tzaddik amor. But there's some things, we won't go to those places, but, the, <laughs> but there's some things which we are all bali teshuva. You know what bali teshuva means? That we know it's the wrong thing to do. We've transgressed in the past, but we are trying hard not to transgress anymore. We're not asking anyone to volunteer any personal information. But in your head, think of what you are a Baal Teshuvah about. This is something that I used to do. I used to do this action or this annoying thing or whatever, and I don't do it anymore because I came to realize. Now, which of these things is harder for you? I think you would, uh, everyone would have to admit that the things which you have previously faced as a challenge are harder for you. But nevertheless, there's still some value to those things which you hold on to and you've never transgressed and they don't uh, present that much of a challenge to you. What is the halacha? Does anyone know what the halacha is? Who is greater? A tzaddik gamur or a bal teshuva? So... Okay, that's the correct answer. Very good. How do we know this? Because it's in the Rambam. It's in the Rambam that we read just a couple of months ago. The Rambam tells us clearly, if you remember in Ilchot Teshuvah, the Rambam ruled that a Baal Teshuvah is greater than a tzaddik gamor. I'm not going to read the text inside. Anyone could look up that class. But back in Hilchot Teshuvah, Perak Zion, the Rambam made it very clear that a Baal Teshuvah is greater than a tzaddik gamor. Who is he learning like? Rabbi Yochanan or like Rish Lakish? Like Rish Lakish or like Rabbi Avahu? The problem is, everybody knows if you're a student of the Talmud, that whenever Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish disagree, except for a few special exceptions, we always rule like Rabbi Yochanan. So all the Mepharshim, all the commentators say, why does the Rambam rule in Hilcho Teshuvah, like Reish Lakish, that a Baal Teshuvah is greater than a Tzadik Amor? So here is one answer to this question as presented by the commentators and uh, here is where we're getting to the point that I'd like to make today. This is it. This is the main point. Everyone agrees that there are advantages to being a tzaddik gamor. And everyone agrees that there are advantages to being a bal teshuva. No one says that one is completely greater than the other, or that the other one is completely greater than the first. What they mean is, they both have unique advantages. The Baal Teshuva has a unique advantage, and the Tzadik Amor has a unique advantage. What they're debating over is which of these advantages is more important for us to focus in on. That's what, the, that's what the debate is about. Which of these advantages is where we should emphasize the way that we approach life? So let me give you the following example. Let's say um, a person is, speaks, let, let's, let's, take, let's take an example of a sin that everyone agrees is wrong. 
Lashon hara. Lashon hara, everyone agrees it's wrong, but at the same time, everybody does it, which makes it a very unique, uh, unique avera. But, you know, slandering other people, it's prohibited. It is a terrible sin. Everyone does it, we know, uh, but, but you're not supposed to do it. But again, everyone agrees you do it. But there's some people who habitually, hab- habitually do it, meaning they, they do it all the time. They, they get a, um, we call it a sipuka nefesh. They get like this joy, this, this sense of satisfaction from speaking Lashon Hara. Then a person realizes, you know, I don't want to be that kind of person. I think that everyone's loving my, my, uh, my insider information, but really, you know, when someone talks a lot of Lashon Hara, nobody trusts them, nobody, whatever. So a person changes their ways. But, you know, this person is so much better at protecting other people's feelings because they were once involved in the process of hurting people's feelings. So it actually teaches you. It gives you the skills to know exactly how not to do it. If, if someone is um, if someone's a, a very angry person, and, and they experience um, um, you know, some, some life-changing event, and they learn how to no longer be angry, they, you know, go to anger management or whatever it is that angry people do, and, and now they're no longer angry. Now they're actually better and nicer to people because of the experience which they went through. While the other person, who doesn't have anger issues, supposedly, is a little bit clueless. So, therefore, the Balteshuva has an actual advantage in that he knows and understands how to better do things in the right way. On the other hand, the Tzadik Amur has certain advantages because there's something very pure about a person who naturally does some things in a certain way. And when Rabbi Yochanan said to Reish Lakish, when he said to him, you are a robber and you know your swords, what he was saying to him was such a beautiful idea. He wasn't saying to him, oh, you're the robber. He's saying, no, you have an opportunity to take all of the things which you did in your past that maybe you're ashamed of or maybe that were bad and were hurtful to people. You can actually use that for the positive. You can take that experience and channel it into a learning experience to teach us about the rules of instruments and how they, how they function. This is a positive not a negative, it's a positive. The problem is that even when Rabbi Yochanan is presenting it as a positive, there has to be absolute trust on the part of the Baal Teshuva to hear it as a positive. Because when someone says, you're the robber, you know your swords, I, you are assuming that that person knows exactly what your motivation is and that your motivation is pure and, 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 and positive and you're saying to him, please, give us your information of what you know about swords because you could help us. If Rishlakish couldn't hear that because Rishlakish believed that Rabbi Yochanan was saying, listen, here comes the robber, yeah, let the robber be the expert on robbery. 
Because he heard that, that's what would lead to this conflict, which is another interesting thing, because since Rabbi Yochanan was not a Baal Teshuvah, when I mean by that, Rabbi Yochanan was a Tzadik Amor, maybe he's not in, um, aware as much of the sensitivities of a Baal Teshuvah. Because a Baal Teshuva is someone who they can choose themselves to talk about what they want to talk about. But when other people talk about their past, it can be very embarrassing and hurtful. And Rabbi Yochanan believed that he was able to do so. And as it turns out, he was not. I think still that it's the way the sentence was done. You see, I, I, agree with you that, I agree with you that it's the way the sentence was done. But even if you choose the perfect words, the listener can always interpret something sensitive in two ways. And there's a little bit of trust involved. And that's the... Right? I trust you. When, when you say to me um, this statement, I trust that you mean it in the right way. And it's hard for the Baal Teshuvah to trust the Tzadik Amur when the Tzadik Amur says in Masechet Brachot that the Tzadik Amur is greater than the Baal Teshuvah and that the Baal Teshuvah, his, his past works against him. So then Rabbi, Rabbi Yochanan should not have brought up Reish Lakish's past in front of him. No, but he mentioned you are a rabbi. If he would just say you have more experience... And you can say it's different, but you remind me where it came from. There is, uh, I can understand the pain of that, uh, that Rabbi uh, Yohanan was not sensitive, that's for sure. I think that he thought that he was better, and to make the point stronger, he had to remind me, where did you come from? And where you are, so you have an experience from there. I don't think it was a compliment. To me, it doesn't sound like that. Well, uh, he meant he meant it in a more positive I don't know way. What he meant? Yeah. We are assuming. Yes. Well, that's the that's the point. Is that yeah? And this is what's so amazing because our sages, you know, you, you gotta love you gotta love Judaism more than uh, almost any other religion because um, almost all the other religions when they tell stories about their heroes. There's stories about how the hero was struggling and he overcame and he won. Right? There's, in Judaism, we have stories about how the rabbis messed up in a real serious way. And we have no shame about it. Because, yeah, human beings, obviously they were great people and they were connected to God in a way that we can never understand and all those things. But they experienced the same human struggles that we did. These are two rabbis in a Beit Midrash. One of them is a Tzadik Amor. One of them is a Baal Teshuvah. And one of them turns to the other and says, you're a robber, you know swords. The other one gets insulted. He gets insulted. And, and that's a story in the Talmud. And we're supposed to look at the story uh, uh, the way the rabbis recorded it is the way the rabbis want us to think about it. And when they recorded it, they said in this way, where Rabbi Yochanan's statement is very ambiguous. It can be read in two ways. And we have to give Rabbi Yochanan the benefit of the doubt, and we should do that, that Rabbi Yochanan was really trying to be nice and saying, you know your stuff. But... But there's an element of insult there. And we can analyze whether Rabbi Yochanan understood there was an insult involved or he didn't understand there was an insult involved. That's, that's separate from the discussion of what's really behind all this. 
which is how should we be looking at things. And I, I want to say, you know, whenever... Um, anyone who reads this Gemara, and anyone, I think anyone who I would ask this, it's much easier to present the position that the Balchuva is greater than the Tzaddik. I want you to think about that, because that's a big deal. It's actually easier to explain why the Balteshuvah is greater than the Tzadik Gamor, than to explain why the Tzadik Gamor is greater than the Balteshuvah, because the Balteshuvah struggles more, as, as you all said. He has to go through these difficulties, while the Tzadik Gamor doesn't. So, I have a question. Yes. Is is like a Gert Tzedek? Because a person that converts... He, he had a different religion before, and he has to go through the conversion. And for example, my sister told me that the rabbi, a German rabbi that converted to Judaism, came to the congregation and said, ask me any question that you want. So someone asked, tell me what your grandparents did in the war. And he said, I can't talk about this. So, uh, you mentioned, Rabbi Elchanan's question, and here, this, um, the guy, a Jewish person, asked the convert, and my question is, if Gert Sedek is considered like a Baal Tshuva? Uh, that's an interesting question. Uh, yes, yes. And can you ask... Uh, what, it was probably helpful to ask what you tell us how many Jews your, fa, uh, your grandparents killed in the Holocaust or what did they do and he, you know, he didn't want to mention. Right, so that, that would be wrong because you're, you're not supposed to um, raise these kinds of issues with people and that's part of, uh, of the sensitivity towards, as you're pointing out, both a Gertzedek and a Baal Teshuvah is that, is that there's actually a greater level of care that we have to take because you're not allowed to say to a Baal Teshuvah, do you remember the days when you did this and this? Which people do all the time. So yeah, you're, you're but, absolutely but right. Guess, this can be compared the to... Guess, a, they, the guest said, ask me any questions. He opened himself to questions. Right, but I, I think it's very important... For, for his grandparents. I don't think that it's the right comparison. No, I, I do think it's that... It's a different kind of a thing. Yeah, the point is, it's something, it's something that he's embarrassed about. What his grandparents did, what does it have to do with him? Because people are... with the wrong kind of a question of the questionnaire. No, it's wrong. What does he have? He has to say, what did you do when you were young? I can understand, so he's responsible for that. But this is two generations back. Can I go back to um, Rabbi Yochanan and Ben Lakish? Yes. Uh, I think we're judging Rabbi Yochanan too harsh. I, um, being a tzaddik gamu, um, he chose throughout his life, he's choosing to overcome and to do the right thing. And I give him a lot of credit for when he met the robber, <laughs> the highway robber, uh, Ben Lakish, he saw something good in him. And he already offered him his sister, which is kind of strange anyhow. But um, he saw the good in him and helped him to change his life and become a learned, to become a rabbi. So we have to give him a lot of credit for that, for willing, being willing to put himself, to put his family, to support 
and then to have him as, as a colleague. Um, and I think that uh, Ben Lakish had a chip on his shoulder if he was so offended by, by his comment, which was, if we say that Rabbi Yochanan was such a great guy, was meant innocently as, as a good thing, as a, um, acknowledging that here in this field you have an advantage over me, not meaning to put him down and to say, well, what, you don't know what you're talking about. So one thing saying, this one time that he said that but all his life, he proved that he thought very highly of Ben Lakish to the point of, as we just said, um, kind of nurturing him and, and teaching him and accepting him as a colleague. So I think we're judging Rabbi Yochanan too harsh. Well, first of all, that, that was, uh, I think, perfectly said. I think that position is, is a very important point. I'll ask a little differently, but it's really the same point that you're making, is that when, he, when Rish Lakish becomes insulted, he says, there I was called master, here I'm called master, what have I gained? And he says to him, what do you mean, what have you gained? You're now close to God. You're underneath the wings of the Shekhinah. So that debate... I think you're absolutely right that in this case, Rabbi Yochanan has already felt like he's proven himself that it's not because he looks down at Rish Lakish in any way. If anything, he respects him so much, he says to him, you know, you can marry my sister. I can't think of a single rabbi in the world today who would make such a deal with a highway robber. Yeah, I, I think... I. However, uh, I do think your, your point is absolutely correct. Rishlakish, chimp on the shoulder is an interesting expression to use. But, but I, I think it, that term is fair because Rishlakish is sensitive and he's going to read into almost anything that Rabbi Yochanan says in this regard. He's going to read something negative. And now the question is, is Rabbi Yochanan allowed to play innocent? Is Rabbi Yochanan able to say, I didn't even think about it? Or do we say that there's something wrong with the tzaddik Amur, that he thinks of this in an innocent way and doesn't understand the struggles, uh, the irrational struggles? Let me explain that. When, you, when someone changes, when someone goes through, let's, let's, let's take the following. Let's say you have someone who is, is a, um, a thief. Let's go. A person who's a thief. No one here is a thief, so we can use that as an example. I hope not. So, um, someone is a thief. And they change their ways. Wherever they go, they think that when people look at them, that people are thinking, oh, there goes the thief. Because people, people are self-conscious like that. And wherever they go, but you know other people when they see the thief, do they think, oh, there goes the thief? Usually not. Sometimes yes. Sometimes yes. People need to work on themselves and become better about it. But hear this. Most people know that the thief thinks that everyone thinks he's a thief. So most people don't bring up theft in front of the thief because they know it's going to make the thief think I'm talking about them. Even when I'm not. That's why I pick an example. I've got to pick an example of a thief because there's no thieves here. If I would talk about um, um, something that maybe uh, someone may have done, I wouldn't know, but you may think I'm talking about you. Right? It's, people are like that. But most people get that people are like that. 
the tzaddik Amor has a problem in that since he doesn't live that way himself, there's nothing about him where he thinks people are talking about him in a certain way because he's never really encountered any major struggles. He doesn't understand that the Balteshuva is still sensitive even after 20 years of living in a holy way, the Balteshuva is still reading everything that the Tzaddik Amur says as if it's about him. So there's another advantage of the Balteshuva over the Tzaddik Amur, is that the Tzaddik Amur misses the irrationality of guilt. Guilt doesn't make, have to make sense. A person feels guilty even after they've done teshuva. Why are they still feeling guilty? Why are they still have a guilty conscience? Why are they still reading into what people are saying? Because that's how human beings behave. But the tzaddik gamur is not taking that into consideration. So what is question? Uh, I'm sorry? If we look today in the, in the society in the society of the Orthodox community, how they accepted the Sadiqim Gmuri. It's not cut dry. They always remember whoever was a Sadiq Gmur and whoever is a Baal Shuba. People are, that's human nature. They live like this. Right. So and they don't get, they are not married with them. They don't, they have separate places, shoes. They are not together. Right. So uh, you are, you are raising a very important point, which is that in the, in the religious community, there's really a big divide between the Baal Teshuva and the Tzadik Gamur. And the reason is because none of the Tzadikim Gamurim are Tzadikim Gamurim. They are all really Baal Teshuva or Baal Avera. In, in, in some case. But there really is no Tzadik Amor, is the point I'm making, because today, in today's society, it's really what the term they use is someone who's from, from birth, as opposed to a Baal Teshuva, but unfortunately, there's not enough people who are from, from birth who are Baal Teshuva. So, so it, it, it's, we're, we're not talking about the, the idea that the religious community somehow... Um, segregates itself with these fake biases which have developed and no one seems to be doing anything about it. People continue this divide and split. It's something in human nature to put yourself in a certain place and the other one is in the other place. It's almost impossible to, to make a separation. Right. Psychologically. No, I, 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 I agree. But, but that's that's something that uh, in in the, in the world we have to we have to um, think about this as we you know when we uh, when, when we choose our interactions we have to, okay I, I want to put in um, a further point to see if I can get this in on time this is a teaching from the Sefer Beit Moshe which is uh, one of the local rabbanim here in town and he quotes an interesting concept from Rav Shach. Rav Shach was a big rabbi in Israel in the 20th century. Some of you may have heard of him. Yeah. He, he suggests a very interesting idea. He says, and I'm going um, to use his example. His example is when somebody steals. If you have a person who steals, 
They steal, let's say you see someone's wallet laying on the floor, you pick it up, you keep it, and you keep it for yourself, actually on the floor, maybe it's an Aveda. You stick your hand into someone's coat pocket, you take their wallet, and you run off with it. You have now committed an act of theft. You know what happens to someone who commits an act of theft? Guilt enters. Some people are good at pushing away the guilt. Some people uh, are not so good. But everyone feels bad about it. You feel bad because you stole. Now when you do teshuva, what, is the, what does that mean you're doing teshuva? You realize what you did. Who, how could I have done such a thing? That's disgusting. I don't want to be that kind of person. I want to change my ways. And so now you change your ways. Says Rav Shach an interesting thing. Now you understand why you shouldn't steal. The other guy, the Tzadik Amur, is not stealing, but he doesn't know why he shouldn't be stealing, because he doesn't know why it's wrong, because he's never stolen and felt the pain of feeling bad about what you've done. So says Rav Shach, it's not just that you have a greater challenge, if you did an Avera and you did Teshuva, now you're facing a better challenge. He says the quality of the performance of the mitzvah goes up because you actually understand what stealing is about. And you know, take, it, take a person who has never had a cheeseburger. Cheeseburger is basar bechalav, milk and meat. It's called cheeseburger. Obviously, there's kosher cheeseburgers, but they don't involve milk and meat. But you, a, a cheeseburger, someone who has been religious all their life, has no idea about why someone would want to eat a cheeseburger. At best, or I should say at worst, they have some curiosity. But there's no familiarity. So if there's no familiarity, says Rav Shach, it's not just that they're going to have an easier time keeping the mitzvah of Lotevashel Gediba Chalevimo, it's not just that they'll have a, an easier time. He says the mitzvah is less quality because they don't really understand what the mitzvah is. Because if you've never felt it, you've never, you don't know about it. So he says, your, all your performance of the mitzvah doesn't have the same level, and that's why the Balteshuva is on a higher level. I, I totally don't accept that as regard to, for example, theft. I've never stolen a thing in my life. Yes, and and it's not, I wouldn't do it just so I can feel what, how wrong it is, and so I can be a Baal But I perfectly understand what the mitzvah is and what is, it's a, a society, a, um, it's a mitzvah, it's, I would never do it just so I can become a Baal Well, you're, you're, you're... You're claiming you understand it. He's telling you that if you would at one time, you shouldn't. He's not saying you should, but he's saying if you would at one time fail and fall and steal, that guilt would teach you more about the prohibition of stealing than anything that you philosophized in your past. Would you, would you encourage me to do it so I can feel sympathy and understand it? For right, the answer is no. We, we don't encourage anyone to do it, but if you would do it, you would be better off. Meaning, if it happened, 
you'd be better. I, and I get it. There's a line in between. We, nobody suggests, nobody, in all of the sources that I've ever seen, I've never seen anyone suggest that a person should sin in order to do the teshuva, in order to be a Baal teshuva, to be greater than a tzaddik amor. You can't. In fact, you're never supposed to do, one of the worst things a person can do is echtav ashuv. I'm going to do the sin and then I'll do teshuva and, and clear it out. That's a horrible thing to do. Yes. But everybody is, is doing some, something wrong. Everybody can do teshuva. We are all lying. We, are all, we, can, we all can do it. Yeah, you're right in that everyone is, if anybody's worried about, you know, I need to do teshuva and I don't have anything to do teshuva for, uh, no, nobody has that problem. So you're right, there are some things that are sort of universal that everyone commits and we can all do teshuva on those things and, and, and we should do and maybe some of us have already done. But the question is about the things that are not challenges for us. You know, how do we see that and how do we compare ourselves you know, in terms of the way, that, uh, the way that we perceive things? And what we have here, essentially, is a disagreement between the rabbis. And Rabbi Yochanan is of the position, and I, I want to point out what you said before, that, that Rabbi Yochanan, in the end, is the one who welcomes Reish Lakish. Not only does he welcome him, he makes him a part of his family, and he becomes his greatest student to the point where he becomes an equal. And our sages, and if I would have more time, I would have cited all the sources where the rabbis seem to suggest that, that um, they're equal. But I want everyone to think about this because I think that too many of us jump to a certain conclusion about how, because in our society we do not, we do not treat Bali Tshuva equally to people who are Tzadikim Gemurim in any regard, in any world. We always identify people with things they've done in the past and we hold them accountable and we never really trust them. And and the thing is, it's, it's natural within us. If someone was once a thief, if someone was one time a bank robber, or let me say it better, if someone was one time a pickpocket, and they changed their ways 20 years later, are you going to leave your wallet on the table? No? Why not? It's about tshuva. So, so the, we, we act like that. We don't, and that's what our sages are debating, because some of you may say, well, listen, he was once a thief. Why should I, why should I give him the challenge, right? I'm doing him a favor. I don't want to give him the challenge. Yeah, but really it's just you're worried about because you don't trust. So why is it that you do trust someone who you know nothing about? If anything, according to this, you should trust this person more. Because they were once a thief, and they changed their ways, and therefore they get it. And they would never go back to it. Meanwhile, this person who's never stolen, you might be the one to have caused them to steal for the first time. The question. In this story that was included in the Talmud about uh, Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish, we see Rabbi Yochanan giving his sister to be his wife. How come, how come today's communities are not listening, not reading that halacha and reading in it, and if they marry Baalei Tshuva, they all only marry them 
to other valid tshuva. Yeah, this is, this is a... They choose to ignore it. Yeah, I don't want to say it's a stain on our community, but I will say this is something that our, the Jewish community has to work on better, which is to... to and I, I want to close with this because I, I think this is very important. Um, when we talk about the sword... Rabbi Yochan says to Rishlag, you're the robber, you know robbery. The question is, do you want to associate with someone who knows robbery? Do you want to marry your children to someone who grew up eating, let's say, not kosher, and now this person is going to be part of your family, and they have all this knowledge of what cheeseburgers and uh, other things taste like? Do I want that as a part of my life? And people, ten, uh, people tend to make the wrong decision of cutting themselves off. Now, there's a bigger problem. The bigger problem is that the people who are doing this division, oh, these people are Bali Chuva and these are not, are themselves not tzaddikim. They have their own issues. There's no reason to suggest that, that a community that has Bali Gaiva and Bali Lashonhara and Bali this and Bali that, um, that they're they've got their own sins that they're coming in. We're not here to judge anyone, and I don't want to hold it against those people either. The point is, though, in the Talmud, they're debating this. That's literally what they're debating about. And I think your point is great. And still, Rabbi Yochanan said, listen, we're going to have a debate. I think Sadiqim Gemurim are greater, and you think Bali Tshuva are greater, and I believe that you're a robber who knows more about robbery, but... You still can marry my sister, yeah. right? In a way, in a way, I think that Rabbi Yochanan is in a higher madrega than Reish Lakish. He took the chance. He gave the he gave the opportunity. Right, right. He opened the door to his family. So I think that's that's a greater thing. Uh, I do think I, I think you're right. Today too much. Right, but that's an advantage that a tzaddik Amur has over a Baal Teshuva, is that a tzaddik Amur can also take that risk and put a little more trust in people. And maybe that's the issue. Maybe the reason why people don't treat Bali Tshuva with the same level of respect that they should is maybe because they're not tzaddikim Gemurim and therefore they carry their own guilt. I don't know. But this is, this is a fascinating debate between these rabbis, which realizes itself into a real story. I, I, I know everyone understands. We could talk about this for hours. I mean, we're out of time. But, but to recognize that this here is the question, and I'm going to break it down into three points. Number one, there are people out there with Sadiqim Gemurim. There's people out there who are Bali Tshuva, and we have to recognize that both of them have their advantages and they have what to contribute. Number two, is that we have to be sensitive to where other people are and understand not the way we think that they should think, but to try to understand the way that they're going to, based on what their background is. But number three, and maybe this is the most important, is that within each of us, there's elements of us where we are Bali Chuva. Every person, every person, there's parts of you which is about Chuva, and there's parts of you which is at Sadi Gamur, and you have to recognize them. You have to get to know them, because each one one of them will have these different qualities and you have to take it and use it in different ways. But in the end, it's a machloket. It's a disagreement. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.